You're listening to an app session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. Yeah, I, I thought I'd do something just because uh, it's 1.30 and uh, 1.45, and it's, it's really difficult to talk at 1.45, so I thought I would just try to prime your mind a little bit with a little, little algebraic math thing. Can we do that? <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. I need you to pick a number between 1 and 9, and it can't be 1 or 9. Just in your mind, get a number. This is like real difficult, right? Everybody got a number? Wave at me. You got a number? Okay. Now what I need you to do is to take that number, and I need you to multiply it by 9. Okay, you should you should have a double digit number. Everybody got. I'm sorry for those of you walking in. You're gonna miss the whole deal right here. So you have a double digit number, right? So I need you to take those two numbers and I need you to add them together. So if it's a three and a four, you got seven. So add your two numbers together. You should have a single number. Everybody got a single number in their mind. Now subtract five from that number. You should have a lesser number. Everybody got a number in their head? Now, now this is where it gets tricky. I need you to convert that number now into a letter. So if it's like three, you'll go A, B, C. So get 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 a letter in your head. Everybody got a letter? Wave at me. Did I lose anybody yet? Okay. So you have a letter in your head. Now think of a country that starts with that letter. Oh, my gosh. How many how many's got a country? Come on. That's good, okay. Now, the last letter of that country, take that letter and find an animal that starts with that letter. Everybody got it? Now, how many know that kangaroos don't live in Denmark? That's good. See, I, I knew. I knew. That that would either get some people really excited or get some people really frustrated. They're going to go home and have some marital challenges trying to figure that out. So, hey, listen, thanks for uh, taking time to uh, to be with me and to be with us. Um, ARC is just such an amazing thing, been a real blessing to my life. Um, I'm on the ARC lead team over the last couple of years. I go way back with no Billy Hornsby back in the 80s. And so I've been at least connected with them for a long, long time. I'm from Portland, Oregon. How many have ever been to Portland? See the glow around your, your body. One of the most amazingly weird places on planet Earth. Only about 7% of the people actually say they go to church. About 3% actually do on a regular basis. So it's a great place to build a thriving church. Our church is called Manor House. Used to be called City Bible Church. We've been around for about... 70 years. I planted it myself. Just kidding. That's not true. I'm the third pastor, Dick Iverson, Frank Damasio, and myself. It's a great church. I have a great college, and it's a real honor to just uh, to be with you guys today. Um, we're going to talk about um, the annual preaching planning, and this is going to be really practical. Um, I'm going to take you on a journey um, at the very beginning that may seem just a little bit disconnected. I'm going to talk about things that at the uh, forefront may not feel like they fit the subject, but I just want you to stick with me, and I want to take you on a journey to get you to a place of maybe that could help you a little bit. You know, my goal is that you find a few nuggets in our time together. 
Um, let me just give a disclaimer at the front end. I don't claim to, to know everything. Um, I'm just going to share some thoughts with you um, that we've developed over the last uh, years together as a team that have really helped us and help a lot of our churches that would be a part of our network. Um, and it's just a way. It's not the way. And uh, with that, I know that there's many of you that have different kinds and styles and ways of delivering messages. Some of you would just be week to week, which would be much more prophetic and Holy Spirit inspirational. That's a great way to go. Uh, Some of you might be expositional only. Um, I want to take a look at uh, a series approach to preaching, simply because about 87% of pastors today preach um, thinking about series. And uh, we would have, for the most part, series, but... Oftentimes, we can have a one-off or a special event kind of a Sunday, what have you. But a lot of people think in series, and there's a reason for that, and I want to talk about that. And so um, you should have a handout with you. There's one on your seat. Um, If not, you can grab one next to you. And I'm just going to take you through uh, this little handout, just a tool that you can take with you. Um, The front end has a lot of tips. The back end has a lot of examples. So we're going to do some show and tell. I want to be able to take you through a couple thoughts, and then I'm going to show you a piece, and I'm going to take you back, hopefully to make this a really, really uh, practical part of what we're doing. And so if you do me a favor, if you, if you just open up real quickly, and um, if you just turn to page three, the front end of this, and let me, let me just give you a couple um, conceptual thoughts. And again, this, this goes without saying for most of us here, but when I think about preaching, I think preaching has to be, especially for those who are uh, lead pastors and, and preaching all the time, it's primarily feeding. Now, again, I love preaching and inspiration and everything else, but really what preaching is, is primarily feeding. And there's a couple of scriptures in here I want to read just to kind of lay a seed, a, a, a foundation for what we're going to talk about. But Jeremiah 23, 4 says this, I will also raise up shepherds over them and they will tend them, take care of them, feed them. When you go back into the Old Testament, you look a lot of what took place in regards to that relationship with the shepherd and their sheep. Um, there was a lot of care that took uh, place with their, their flock. And I love what it says that when they tended to them, it says they'll not be afraid any longer. I mean, think about the messages that you preach where people come up to you afterwards and they man, thank you for saving my life. I mean, I think about even today, some of the words that were spoken that were so refreshing uh, for us. Says that they're not going to be afraid any longer. They're not going to be terrified, nor will any be missing. Acts 20 28 says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you. He called you to do that, overseers, to shepherd the church of God. Uh, We all know this in the natural you are what you eat. Isn't that right? You are what you eat. And I think when it comes to the spiritual side of things, people are what you preach. People are what you preach. And this is this is why this is a really big deal, because God has entrusted to your care people that are coming from broken, dysfunctional, toxic lives. And so what you led by the Holy Spirit choose to preach has life altering Um, impact upon their life. And so what we choose to feed them is actually what they become. I mean, 
How, how many times have you preached on prayer and you find out that your people start praying? Or yeah. you start preaching on the idea of evangelism and they start sharing their faith? Or you preach on giving and they... Well, that doesn't happen. But you, know. <laughs> but, but you get my point. I mean, you, we, we're, we're, our, our end goal is that, that people are transformed by the Word of God and actually become what you're preaching to them, Right. And um, when you go back in the Old Testament, you find that, you know, this whole idea of shepherding, you know, you, you study the, the sheep back in those times, and there's 58 possible kinds of diseases that sheep could have. And the shepherd would look at the, the sheep very closely, and they'd look at the nose and down the nostril and into the ears and the eyes, and they would discern what was going on in the life of their sheep, and they knew in the region where to take their sheep to get the kind of nutrients in their life that they needed so that they knew if they were lacking or the coat wasn't shining or it was they would take them to a certain valley that had a certain kind of growth there that they could eat on that would strengthen them. And I think about that when, when it comes to preaching and when it comes to, to building an annual rhythm or an annual preaching strategy. It's not just about trying to find subjects that are cool or that other people are teaching on. Your flock is different. Yeah, that's great. You, yeah. you're, you're, you have a group of people that have certain distinctives, and, right. and, and, and you attract a certain kind of people, and you're in a certain area of the city. And so all of those things really matter where you're grabbing the nozzle of your people, so to speak, and looking into their ears and their eyes and you're trying to discern, okay, where are they lacking? What kind of nutrients? As you're sitting there and you're looking at the services and you're recognizing with a lot of new people that hands aren't going up or maybe there's not a worship atmosphere and you begin to discern, I need to take my people to that field and I got to get this value in them because if they don't understand this, they don't understand this idea about worship, we're going to find out that they're going to have a pretty tough life. Wow. And so with that, I, I just want to, to unpack some thoughts for you. And if you look at the bottom of page three, I'm going to take you quickly um, through these eight steps. They're very practical. We're going to get really practical. And I'm going to read them to you, and then we're going to just dive right in. And, and these, these are my eight strategic steps of what I follow every single year to develop. Uh, my preaching, planning, series, and strategy. So prayer and Holy Spirit, how many think prayer is a good idea? That's three of you. That's good. Come on. Um, message ideas folder, an all-church calendar. And again, you're going to see, you're going like, what do some of these things have to do with preaching calendar? I'm going to get there. Um, weekly series planner, um, your series description, your master service schedule, your agenda Ultimately, if we get those in the right order, thinking through and praying through them with the right people around you, you'll be giving life-giving messages where you have healthy sheep. And so let me just go through these eight quickly. Um, The first one will be primarily conceptual, then we'll get real practical. Um, But I want to start with this because I think that this this is the most important part of sermon preparation and planning for your year, and that's prayer in the Holy Spirit. It, messages have to start with a God thought, not a good thought. Amen. Right? And so what happens oftentimes, we see what others are preaching. Preaching isn't about what someone else is preaching. 
It's not just about a good idea. It's not necessarily inspiration. It's impartation. And so a God message has to start with a God thought. And that requires you taking the time that you need. And we've heard that throughout the, uh, the conference so far, where we're getting that time to really just to wait on the Lord. I spend sometimes when I'm getting into the place of a series description or even our annual stuff, I'll spend an entire two and a half days. I just did it before this conference. I do what's called a precation. And to where I can just get away, shut off the world, shut off all of my pressures and challenges and staff issues and money problems. And I've got to get to that place where I slow down and begin to think about my people and what's happening in culture. What are the pressures? God, what are you saying? Because I believe that has to be the starting point, not just of every message that you preach, but you're planning for your year. And I think it's really important to understand. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. I love what Paul's talking about. And the Lord Jesus, he, he gave him some words that he was supposed to speak. Galatians 1, 12 says, says this, For I, I neither received it from man, nor was I taught in it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here's what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, I confess that I frequently sit hour after hour praying and waiting for a subject and that this is really the main part of my study. He's just saying, really, where I, where I start my study and where I get most, it's my time before I even pick up a pen. It's before I ever turn on Logos. It's before I ever listen to a podcast and try to capture that thought. It's just like, God, what are you saying to me. And, and so I think it's important. We could spend a lot of time there, but, but I would do you an injustice if I didn't start there and just saying, you've got to figure out time mm-hmm. um, in your annual preaching, your series descriptions, your weekly to find the time to get away, to just be with him and wrestle with him to get, you saw that today with Obed and Obed and I, we sit on the lead team together and we've both been through some pits and some prisons. And I could tell the way that he preached that message is because he spent a lot of time with him to pull out some of those nuggets that we heard today. Right? So let me get real practical. So how many think prayer is a good idea being led by the Holy Spirit? It's awesome. Okay. Let's get real practical now. And I want to jump in. And on page three on the bottom, it says, determining your series. Here's the first thing that I'm going to recommend um, that you do, and you might already do this, is to create what's called a, a message idea folder. And if you look at my phone and pages, I have this, this one folder. It's called message ideas. I keep it with me all the time because... The Lord speaks to me all the time with a thought or an idea. And I want to make sure that when I, when I have something, like today, I had four or five things. I thought, man, that would be a great series. Just even what you heard with, with, with uh, Randy Bazette about anxiety. And I pulled it out and I said, man, I got to unpack that and think about that where society's at, especially Portland. And so I put it into my message ideas folder. And, and this, is a, this is a place, if you turn over to page six, just real quickly, I, I just took a couple snapshots of my pages folder. It's completely random. They're incomplete thoughts, but they're thoughts. 
And, and, and I find a place that anytime God speaks to me anywhere about anything, I want to throw that idea there. And, and it gives me the opportunity then to allow those things to just germinate. And, and throughout the week, I might get another thought or I might be in my devotion time or prayer and I get something that's quickened. And I, I have this very large folder with probably 50 to 75 random thoughts. That would be a great series. That would be a great idea. And I put it into my message series folder. And that thing is a living, very un- incomplete, random document that I use at all times. Um, and if you go back to page four, there's there's a couple variety of ways in which I populate that personally myself. Um, A lot of times I get it just purely in my devotional time. My devotional time isn't my prep time, but I'm reading something, something comes alive, man, I'm writing that down. I'm opening it up and going, I'm not going to stop there, but I I better capture that thought. So my devotional time, prayer and meditation, uh, listening to a sermon live or online, you may get something from someone sitting in a leadership meeting, you're discussing issues. We were going through a big uh, challenge in Portland with all the riots and uh, things going on with racism. And it was through that conversation with our leadership team, we decided to put together a fairly exhaustive strategy for diversity and put together a a series on that. Might be reading a book. I I remember just this year, um, reading Ken Sand's book, The Peacemaker, and through that, just recognizing in, in our culture and in Portland with the riots and, and, and the, the racism things that were going on and the violence, I thought, this is a God word for a God time. And so, again, it was a book that really came alive for us. We use that as a framework. Um, and then even thoughts from others, you know, as you're talking to your team or someone else, your wife, um, whatever it might be. And so... Um, I I think it's really important because, again, God can be speaking to you all the time, right? You're getting thoughts all the time, and and it's in a matter of of a few seconds you lose those thoughts. There's other thoughts coming your way. And so just for me personally, I found being an extremely kind of an ADD kind of a guy, I've got to just have a place, a placeholder. I get a thought, a God thought. I got to put it down. I could come back to it at a later time. And so I, I probably, if you were to open it up, you'll see again as we get a little bit further, I have multiple, I probably have five years of ideas. And some of them may never, never, never transpire into a sermon series, but they're in there. And I just keep them in there and, and I'll, I'll allow myself to pray over those. So here's the second thing. And again, this is where it's going to feel a little bit like a disconnect. So I have my idea folder. The second thing that I want to do, if I'm going to, if I'm going to put together a healthy, strategic, annual preaching planner, I've got to have an all-church calendar. And so, um, and, and there's a reason behind that because every church has a rhythm. You, you, you've established certain seasons and rhythms in your church. Those are important. We have certain events or holidays that happen. Every one of those seasons or events have, a, have an atmosphere. They, they, they have a spirit. You're, again, they, they, they represent that you're taking people to a field. You're going to take them. You already know, like in January, for a lot of you, you do a prayer and fasting series. You already know the valley that you're taking them to. So your calendar really matters, right, and how you put together your series. And so I'm going to turn you over to page seven. And again, this is just a real quick snapshot of of our all-church calendar. And you can see on the top there, 
There's things that are color-coded. This is a simple Google document that we use. And it helps us to discern what we're trying to do. You see a lot of yellow there, which is our all-church stuff. And, and the different colors represent whether it's a special event or a theme or an ongoing um, event that would take place, like a connect group launch, uh, things that we might be doing in services or in the church. It really helps me as I stop to look at this to really try to figure out, okay, this is kind of where we're taking our people. And when you think of the events and the times and the seasons, this is, this is going to represent something for me as I sit and think about how to put together a proper preaching calendar. And so uh, I won't go through the details of this. Back on page four, there's some things uh, that are there that we do in regards to putting this together. Um, it's something our whole church sees. Our whole staff has access to this, both uh, paid staff, non-staff. Everybody would have a, a, an opportunity to look at this. Um, but, but here's the key point I want to I want to make make is that. This then gives me the very framework of the starting to figure out my series. And when I look at this, and again, if you, as you look at this, you'll notice that I'm going to probably in January, I'm going to do a four-part series because it's prayer and fasting. We always finish our prayer and fasting series with a prophetic Sunday. We bring in prophetic people People have been fasting and praying. We pray over people Sunday morning, Sunday night. It kind of is like the, the, the cherry on the, the, the top of the cake. And, and so it's pretty easy to see we're going to do that. February, same thing. And this is actually our 2020 calendar. So I'm next week actually going into a conversation. I've given you some of my docs. And you'll see how I've, I've framed in 2020 based on this. And you can see that February's pretty clean for a four-part series. We know that Easter's coming up. And so you can begin to see where the holidays fall. Uh, I don't like to break up series. I don't like to preach two times and then do Mother's Day unless it's a series that can include Mother's Day. And so all of those things have a, a determining factor on whether you're doing a five-part series, a two-part series, a three-part series. And it'll at least give you a framework to where you're going, okay, I've got all these ideas now in my ideas folder, and I've just now sat down and I've looked at how my calendar is going to look. And then the next thing that I want to do, going back to page four, is I want to put together what I call a yearly series planner. And I have an example in there, and it's, it's basically allowing me, once I have my calendar and my ideas, I can now begin to put together my preaching strategy. Um, I, I think that there's a couple things, and on page four, um, it, number two says this, uh, be sensitive and discerning to different seasons and special events. Once I have this, I got all my ideas, and I've got this, I've got a blank piece of paper, and I just begin to think through, okay, here's a four-part series, I know it's going to happen in January, and I begin to put it out, and here where the holidays might be, and here's Christmas where it falls this week, and and whatever it might be. And so we want to make sure that we have all of those in front of us. And I just begin to, to scratch them out on a piece of paper. And I figure out, okay, hey, this year, like last year, I think we did nine series. This year, we're going to do 11 series, just the way that holidays fit and the way that our calendar looks. And so we build in a very simple Word doc what we call a yearly series planner. And so if you turn over to page eight... What you'll see on page eight, this is our actual 
yearly series planning for 2020. And you notice it's blank. But at least what I've done based on my calendar is I've at least been able to put a very basic, broad stroke approach to what my series might look like. And so now I've got this folder with all of these ideas and I've got now this in front of me and I'm away now for six, eight, 10 hours and I begin to think and pray and I think about where the church is at, where society at, what are our values that we haven't preached for a while, what do we need to implement? And I can begin to take a look at how I'm going to now put this together. And um, what you'll see, and this is a document I've prepared because I have I actually have a team that helps me with this. I try to get all the thoughts together. I still want to set the sale or set the course, but I've got three other guys that will sit down with me in a lot of this preparation. I've got a younger guy that's about 30, one of our executive guys. So I have a, a, a different team that's together with me. And if you look on pages 10 through 12, you'll see what I've done with my random message ideas, I put them into a simple paragraph in a couple categories. And so what you're seeing now is a little bit more of a formation from my random message ideas where I've tried to give a little bit more framework to it. And I sent this out two weeks ago to the guys. And I said, here, here is everything that I'm thinking. Now, here's kind of some personal growth ideas, some discipleship, church family stuff, culture stuff, doctrinal stuff, finance series, family. And I put all those thoughts together that now at least begin to ha- uh, you know, set the framework for us to begin to pull pieces together to figure out how I'm going to fill those 11, 11 spots, right? And um, it gives you this opportunity then to... Um, to really begin to to get all of your pieces and to get them in front of you to just have kind of a a concentrated focus, prayer strategy time to figure out how am I going to build out this year. I've got this next to me and I got my yearly calendar by me and I just begin to just try to sense, feel the tone of where things are going. Okay? Okay. Questions, thoughts, comments so far? Just helping. Yes, sir. Um, I really like this uh, planner on, on page eight. Of course, I know maybe I could try to copy something like that, but do you have something like this available somewhere? Y- y- Mark at manorhouse.church. Okay. Mark with the C. Okay. I'll send it to you. It's just it's a simple word doc that I build, and I, so I, I, I change it every year. And so I'm building that out. We will finalize ours. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. We'll, we'll finalize ours this week because I want to have, have enough time to be able to ramp stuff up. Keep in mind, things can change at any time. Um, I think the Holy Spirit can speak to you as much in September as he can in April, the week before you preach, by the way, just so that you know. Um, but that doesn't mean that in April a tragedy happens, something shifts in our culture where you're feeling you need to get in and make a shift. Something happens in your church. Uh, tragedy happens, something happens in your city where you're just going to say, hey, I'm going to throw that aside. So we're always leaving room for the Holy Spirit to do that. Any other questions or comments about stuff that I've covered so far? Yes, sir. Building checkpoints throughout the year to say, hey, how is this tracking with what I thought was going to happen? And then so do you just kind of build that in, say, like every quarter, let's just have like a two-hour, because you said you get together with a team of people, right? And so you guys just say, hey, 
what do we think moving into this next quarter or this next half of the year or whatever? We, we do that um, regularly, and I'll explain on another document where that comes in because there's regular <laughs> meetings that happen as it unfolds. And again, this is scalable. I know some of you are just starting out where this would really work with you. Um, I have a couple guys that I work with that, are, that I'm overseers. It's him and his wife that would do it. Another guy, him and his wife do things too. It may be someone else that you're wanting to mentor. I try to get younger guys next to me in my meetings all the time. So that's why I have that 30-year-old guy. He's probably going to, uh, we just move him into a campus pastor position. He could very well be a church planner or lead our church in the future. And so I'm trying to get guys around me to do that. Um, any other questions? I'll move forward. I think we'll answer some of these as we go. So, so basically, we, we get to this place where now I have this calendar that I built based upon our all-church calendar. I've got all these ideas in front of me. And we, we just try to, try to discern what's happening in seasons. You know, for us, as I think about, for instance, early, early, uh, late winter, early spring are always times for discipleship for us, personal growth. It's where people are back in. They're really making fresh commitments to the Lord. You know, it's... Um, uh, especially before Easter, we're trying to do something that has an evangelism focus to stir people up for sharing their faith. Summertime, we're doing book series or um, cultural series to try to grab people to, to keep them in church versus camping the entire summer and try to find different ways. So that there's, again, you got to know where your sheep are at, right? Yeah. And, and how, how, what you're trying to do that. So once we build that out, and again, if, if you saw our 2019 or 2018, this gets filled out, and that then becomes the framework. The next thing that we do is we, we build out what's called a series description. This, this is a discipline um, that we have put into our process and into our culture because it forces you to be very methodical and strategic about an entire series. And uh, we, we use it for, for a variety of reasons. And if you, you look on page four where it says uh, series description, number one, it forces you to plan out all the weeks of that series. It's not where you're just going, hey, I'm just going to start, kind of got a big idea and let's just go and let's just flow. And so we're trying to think through very didactically, okay, what are the four big ideas? If I could break this theme into four thoughts, what would it be? And out of that, what would be the big idea? What scripture would I begin to use? And so I want to force myself as well as because we have a teaching team. I have 23 on my teaching team. They're not spending hours with me thinking through this. So I've got to be able to have it in, in a format that gets them to the place where they can actually see what we're trying to do. Um, it gives me the opportunity, too, to raise up other leaders. Again, we take a team teaching approach. I'll simulcast once a month. The other times we're team teaching. We've got six campuses and 23 that rotate through. A lot of those guys may write notes. There's four that write notes, and the other ones would preach those notes. But, again, it's really important for us in a multi-site context to have that. Um, I want to be able to um, allow anyone on the teaching team, if they're scheduled you know, two weeks, two weeks out, eight weeks out, nine weeks out, I want them to see, hey, start praying this way. Here's where we're going. Start thinking about this. Start praying through it. Start writing some notes. And so it helps those that are on the teaching team. It becomes my tool for our communications team. They get that whole thing and they understand, okay, this is where we're going. These are the slides that we need, the theme that we need. I give it to my worship team. They're now out 90 days and they're going, okay, now I know what to write songless. This is going to be a week on victory and breakthrough. Have you ever been preaching where you're wanting to kind of do this victorious breakthrough and they're kind of like, I love you, Lord. You just go like, 
what in the heck is with that song list, right? So I want, I want my worship team sensing, praying, feeling where we're going as well. So it's, getting, it, it's giving everybody the time, the opportunity to pray and to really do their absolute best in their area. And so do me a favor, turn over to page 13. You know, th- this is just an example of one of our series descriptions. This is one we did on, it's called Intersect. Um, Again, I had mentioned the whole idea of diversity and where we were going as a church. We felt like we really needed to um, to dive in, roll up our sleeves, and to really address some of the issues that were happening in our nation and our city. And you could see it was a three-week series, pretty simple, our beliefs, our reality, and our purpose. It was a biblically-based, purpose-driven series that we did. Um, And this gives you an idea of the framework. We would have probably 200 of these. You know, we, I keep these on file every year. We're looking at our previous year of what we're doing. But this is kind of where I want to land. I want to give people a simple framework as well as myself. So as I'm thinking about week number one, I'm not taking a bunch of random thoughts that should have been in week number two or week number three. I'm trying to take people on a journey and in a process. And so we write these series descriptions and we make sure that they're um, ready to go. We do it about 60 to 90 days out. And so I'm done through the end of this year. I'm just starting to think about January. And so we put these together and um, I'll just say this. I found by putting together these, these tools in place you can get a lot further ahead quicker than you realize. Um, Especially, again, in my my personal journey, my personal life, I do four times a year. I do what's called a precation. And I leave on a Wednesday night. I come home on a Saturday morning, and I'm figuring out each of those quarters. I'm thinking about my future planning stuff that I need to do. And one of the things that I do in every one of those planning times is this stuff. So what I just did in my last time right before this conference um, is I went through and I figured out a lot of the stuff. So knowing when I go back with my team, I can figure out all of 2020. That's one of my third quarter things in my rhythm that I do every single year, but I'll always do whatever series descriptions, because again, if I don't get away, go back to our first point and pray and seek the Lord and spend time and hear what he's saying. I'm going to just kind of give kind of a subpar diet to our people, right? Any questions on series descriptions? Yes, sir. Can you elaborate on your research team? What exactly do they do and how much do they collaborate to the actual uh, team? So our research team, you know, we have a Bible college, Portland Bible College, 52 years. Um, should send your students there. Go online. Um, just a little plug. Um, I, we, we do a few things. Number one, some of the professors I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but once we build all of those series planners out on Google Docs, I have then folders for all of the series. So I have the ability now not just to have a message idea, but now I have a folder. You would see this being a blank, like for March, you would see a blank. And then if it's a three week, there's three pages saying week one, week two, week three, where I can just throughout the year, I can take a thought that Obed and what he talked about. And I can put it in an April series that matches something that he preached on. I can just take my notes and just put it there. I can hear a story or a quote or an illustration or a podcast that's being preached. And I just, I, they're, they're just 
they're like bulletin boards for me, right? And once, we, once this is developed, I send it out to a couple of our professors, and, and they, they help me a little bit in regards to the theology side. We also have juniors and seniors as part of their practicum, where they'll take some of this stuff, and they're really excited because we'll give them the opportunity just to kind of flex their muscles and post some stuff with us. Um, I have my assistant that's looking for, you know, quotes or illustrations because, you know, that takes a lot of time, too. And so it's very organic, um, but it allows other people um, to be able to to start the journey of research and sermon preparation and to get them in on an early age and to feel empowered. It's real cool to be able to get up and preach and use an example that a junior or a senior in your college use, and they're just like, yeah, man, I thought of that, right? Mm-hmm. Never give them the credit, of course, but <laughs> I see. It's the, but um, so, so that's kind of what we do with, with research stuff. And again, that could happen just a few people have a passion. Someone in your church goes, man, I just love the words. Say, hey, I'd, I'd love to, to have you help me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, give them a Google Doc and send them a series description. Say, put some thoughts together for me. You know, so so you got plenty of people that you can empower in your dream team to do that. So yes, sir. So with your team preach dynamic, how much of a cooked message do you hand the rest of the team? Like how much of a framework do they have that they're building off of? I will I will build my message completely out. Um, all of our slides are pre-established, which are fairly basic. They have the 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 privilege to adapt that message to fit them. And so, but again, um, in order to create in a multi-site context, which would be us, I want to create culture and I want to make sure that the church is all going on the same journey, not different directions. And so we believe preaching to be very um, critical in, in, in the development of the believer in our, our congregation. So we're not kind of into a random, random approach to our preaching. So they'll get a set of notes. Um, we have to finish those notes 10 days in advance by Monday at 5 p.m. They're posted Tuesday. We actually have a team of all those speakers that are speaking that weekend. We'll go through that. Whoever wrote the notes, I write maybe 70% and then the other three guys would write. We'll have all the speakers that are there, the MCs. We talk through everything and they have Tuesday through Sunday to flesh it out, talk through, figure out, pray, change, personalize to be teed up for Sunday morning. Yeah. So from your multi-campus, is those speakers that, um, that you get, say, get together, are those constantly the same speakers that speak throughout those locations? Yeah, I, 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 do, I do a couple things. And again, my, my theology would teach me that, um, that in order to give your sheep a proper diet, they need, a, they need full fivefold impartation. And so they, they need a prophetic edge, they need teaching, they need pastor, they need apostolic. And so one of the ways I rotate through is, is what I would just call our, our executive team, which are really true fivefold guys. Daryl, who's prophetic, will always preach a different diet than if I preached, more apostolic and evangelist. Um, I would have Ken Malman teach, he'd be much more of a teacher. Walter would be much more of a pastor. And so I'll rotate through the campuses, the fivefold guys, and then I rotate through the campuses, pipeline guys, youth pastor, campus pastor, staff pastor. And so those, those two rotations are happening all the time. Once, once a month I preach simulcast, and then, um, and then those, those two different rotations happen um, to make sure they're getting the right diet. Just like the conference, you know, you just you, you come in, 
um, and you just you get such a rich diet, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and and I'm not saying that my model or my way is the right way. I I'm hoping when I'm done that no one remembers my name, and that I've raised up an army of people that will plant churches and 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 multiply and do everything that I can do to raise up an army of people. I was. I was two weeks in a row, I sat in the front row taking notes, and this one of the elderly ladies came up to me. She says, she says I, thought, I thought you were you were the leader. I thought you are supposed to be leading. I said, I am. She goes, what do you mean? I says, I, I, I've taught, I've trained, I wrote notes, I'm empowering him, I'm mentoring, I'm leading. This is I, I lead from the front chair. So that culture's given us the opportunity, which I think is a big thing if I could get on my soapbox. If, if we're part of a church planting movement, we better have church planting in our spirit. Yeah. Right? So I, I've, I've got to create a church that plants multiplying churches. And so in that, I don't measure my success by how many are in my seats. I measure my success by how many I send. And I'm okay sending anybody in my church. That guy raised up says, I want to plant. I said, let's go. And you take whoever you want, and we'll just fill your seat because there's there's 23 in the pipeline that are going to take your spot next week, mm-hmm. right? So that, just again, that would be be my approach to. Yes, sir. Uh, how often do you, with your sermon series like on Sunday mornings, do you tie that into other ministries like kids' church, youth group? Like you tie a series all together? We every weekend. There's something going on in a message that reflects or promotes or uh, highlights uh, one of the ministries of the church. You know, weekend services we call belong, which would be growth tracks, our dream team, our um, groups, our global. We do big global family Sunday children's ministry. We'll pull them in, especially around our camps. We'll build the whole thing around them, or our youth camps. We'll pull it in during that week, and so. Do you preach the same? Like, if you're talking about whatever forgiveness, do they like the topic of your sermon on Sunday morning? Is that like? Do you ever tie those into like? If if again, as I build out the calendar, if I know camps are coming, that's going to be a kids ministry. I'm building the series up to that. That's a special Sunday, and then I start a new series. And so um, I try to try to find the breaks in those. I'll predetermine what those days are. We do not only just prayer and fasting, but we love to do. We would be known for our worship culture. So we do worship and worship praise Sundays, kind of breathe points. And so I'll build series around that as well, not in the middle of a series. Yeah. Let me get him real quick. Sure. Um, just a quick question. So how often then do you preach monthly? Are you at the main campus preaching every Sunday? Or are you... I, again, I... Doing rotating? I, I do it a little bit different. You know, our broadcast campus, because we, we, right. we do stuff. I'm there at least twice a month. Okay, so... So again... Simulcast. So simulcast once a month. The next week, I'm at another location. Back to Rocky Butte. Another location. So I, I want to go... I want to go feel... The culture. Good. Okay. That makes sense. And again, that's every guy does that different. I know sure. when you got like Chris, you know, you've got 22 campuses. You're probably not doing that because you get to one every three years or something. <laughs> but um, for us, we I, I just like to get out and be around the people and okay. smell the sheep but and you feel wrote it. wrote most of the notes. Your research team and everyone has solidified them. Yes. And so it's the same culture all across the board. Yes, board. you bet. 
And, and those campus pastors, we have little assessment forms. Whoever's preaching, we want it. What's the win? What can we work on? How do we do things better? So it's happening every weekend, too, so we can help mentor those, those pastors or speakers. I think part of the question you were asking also, I think, was it that do youth and kids also preach the same topic? No, but but I want to know what the youth are preaching. At times, yes. So I'm sorry if I misunderstood the question. But um, so our prayer and fasting series, it's all in. Everybody's doing prayer and and fasting at all levels, kids, youth, young adults. Our season of generosity, which we don't just do. We just don't do one kind of legacy weekend. We do an entire month. Kids are doing that. Kids are praying, having faith. And so there's there's probably three series a year where everybody aligns. So you, you decide that. And then, yeah, but then yes. you give them autonomy to pick their series. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Yes. All right. Any other questions before we go on? Yes, sir. Um, you have our beliefs, our reality, and our purpose. Do you always, do you, is that a track you always follow? Like when you lay out a message? Or do you have a track that you kind of follow? No, um, this would be different. Again, a, a, um, I, I, it would take me an hour to just get you to why I laid this message out the way I did as a white pastor trying right. to create a culture right. of diversity. Um, we have 63 nations in our church. Um, it took me two years um, just with uh, a lot of my pastor friends in town just to understand and to know what I didn't know and to really walk me through some stuff as well as I built a whole diversity team for two years where I allowed them to speak into my life and where we were missing it before I would even get to the pulpit. So a lot of this was built again from people coaching me, not myself. Um, So that's, that's kind of how I landed on those three. Every, Every sermon series is different. And again, if you want some other examples, I've got, Dozens of them. I can send you um, any of those for you to take a peek at. You try to create action points. Always. Like, like you always got to have next steps. Each Sunday or more at the end of the series. This is the whole thing. Every every weekend um, has has next steps in it. Action okay. steps, things to do, takeaways, big ideas. Yes, sir. I'm not sure how far apart your campus is, right? So can you kind of speak into a little bit of um, serious topic? You know, like for us, we were six campuses. Uh-huh. Um, my campus is the furthest, about two and a half hours away. Some of them are closer. So when you talk about taking your shape to the right field, is there any tension you guys manage with, man, hey, I think this series is great, but right now, why is the people aren't really going through that? Do you guys ever, ever get into that? In yeah, state? we our, our furthest one would be about 120 miles away. Uh, we have one over in Vancouver, and then the other four are in Portland. Our downtown campus, extremely urban, liberal. You show up with, with anything even with the letter T on it, and you're probably maced and shot. You go to Clark County, I mean, it, it's, you, you've got Make America Great Again hats on half the people. So you, you, you talk about differences um, in campuses. For us, um, like right now, we're on a series called Above All Else. It's a worship series, so I think that transcends a lot of that. Our diversity subject was handled completely different, which I'll get to in a second. I, I, I'm very careful on what topic to who speaks on that Sunday on that tom- topic. 
And so we'll have a conversation in our in our meeting with our speakers to say, okay, here's where we're going this weekend. Let's talk about how that applies to downtown. And so we're gonna we're gonna contextualize. For me, if you're gonna have maximum impact, text plus context equals impact, right? And Paul talks about that first Corinthians nine, right? We be all things to all people. And so We've got to contextualize it all. And so you've got to have the right guys that are able to read that particular congregation of what's going on in order to make sure they're getting the right soy sauce on the, on the stuff. Yeah. yeah. So am I hearing you say that your campus pastors aren't necessarily your preachers? No. No. But they do preach. Um, they used to preach more, um, but I need them reaching lost people, making disciples, training leaders than spending all their time trying to figure out a series. And so uh, I, I want them at least one time a month in the pulpit. Um, so that would, be, that would be kind of my goal to make sure when I build out my master service schedule that they're up in the pulpit. I want to keep that muscle going. They might MC two or three times. So I want them because they're you know primary shepherd there at that particular campus. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? about the yes. meetings when you said once a week you're in every single one of those though absolutely absolutely and again we got people all over so we use zoom and so we've got people that that you know broadcast in and what have you um let, let me let me just take you through a couple other pieces um on page five i talk about the master service schedule and again, we're, we're talking about life-giving messages, and this is where whether you're just a one-location person that have a few people that preach or whether this is multi-site where you have a lot of people, um, we build out our master service schedule, and uh, you can see an example of that on page 14. And it just what, what that does is it allows me, once I have the series sitting in front of me, to look at my weekends and to make sure I got the right guy speaking the right topic in the right place, or lady for that matter. I mean, I have, a, I have a, a very diverse group of people that speak when it comes to gender, ethnicity, age. Um, I, I try to keep my pulpit very, very diverse. Um, and what you see here is this is our actual master service schedule for this month. So these are the campuses. Um, we have a campus column, a speaker column. Um, we have an MC column, a moments column, a service detail column. It helps me to be able to take a look at everything that we're doing to make sure we got the right people in place. Again, if we're going to give life-giving messages, um, like when, when I go into my season of generosity, uh, my executive guys are preaching that month. I'm not going to have my youth pastor preaching season of generosity. So I know, I know what the topic is. I know the field I'm taking them. And I've got to know which campus and which place. So I'm looking at those things and I'm putting them all together in order to make to make that work. You make you choose, not you and your team. Or yes, me. Okay. Okay. Campus pastor can look at it and say, "Hey, I've got some thoughts to change." And a lot of times, I'm flexible. But you're putting the guys in place. I'm put. I I do all this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And and. Again, my assistant goes and makes sure the left-hand column shows everybody that's gone, right? And so if they're gone, I'm not putting them in. And it's just, I can look at campuses and get rhythm. So I'm thinking through, you know, the voices that are speaking, the gift mix that's speaking, the topics. I want to make sure that people are getting the best speaker on that topic at that time, that they get the best diet. 
So th- this to me is a part of my yearly planning, the diet that I give people. Um, real quickly, and I'm going to just go through for the sake of time, it then comes down to our agendas. And you can see we use, how many use planning center? We'd all, a lot of us would use planning center. So that's, that's a typical weekend for us um, where we're, again, trying to figure out uh, what a weekend looks like. They've done all of their work when it comes to 90 days out building um, worship lists. Our communication teams put together. We meet Tuesday every worship leader, MC, speaker, our comms department all come together for a service planning meeting. We walk through that, not just about the pieces, but about flow, transition, whether we're going high or low, how I'm coming back in, how I want to exit my message. I want to come back into a message, whether we're doing a video or a song. And all of those things are critical, I think, to, to, to putting putting the best message out there. So, How big of a meeting is that? Like how many people? Uh, we would have probably 20 total. Um, and again, there would probably be 12 to 14 in the room, and there would be different people on the screens that would be behind us that would be from the different campuses that would, would be in. So... so I say all that to say, hopefully the end goal with all of these very practical, strategic pieces at the end of the day that we've set ourselves up for the best life-giving message that we can for people. Okay? Any other questions about anything before we close? Yes, sir. Mark with the C at manahouse.church. And in, anything that we have, guys, I give to any of you. If you want something, you want to look at a bunch of series descriptions. We do a thing called Giving Life, which is our offering. We got two hundred of those. Those are scripted, very strategic, very thematic. I'm um, just trying to change our giving culture. Um, that's a real big deal for us too. I've got a team that writes those. They'll spend hours to write a two-minute script, which has really changed our giving culture. So, any other questions? Was this helpful? Yeah, Yeah, sorry about hooking a fire hose up to your lips, but as a 45-minute thought about annual preaching calendar. Yes, sir. On on your master service schedule, what are the moments called? Those are our giving moments or our giving life. And so those those are are now scripted, given to people, but typically we'll go back and try to, because we want to do a video, a testimony, a teaching, so we even rotate what, what the diet of our giving life is. So that they're not just getting white noise every week. So God bless you guys. Love you. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this session from the Art Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations and to register for an upcoming Art Conference, visit artconference.com.